the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. I'm just giggling here with my man skins over the fact that we're playing that intro into hour two of election hey, night don't coverage. Don't get any ideas. That's not your theme song. <laughs> no, that's not the theme song for Andrew K. and Ed Martin on tonight's special election night coverage. Glad to have you guys here with me. We're going to actually spend a few minutes talking about starting to transition a little bit into some California stuff here. Our polls mm-hmm. will be closed at eight. We cannot forget about California. There's stuff happening here, right? Uh, like some important, um, some important propositions. I do want to say before y'all know Tuesday nights at seven is when our man Gary Quackenbush is on with us. You become my, you become my favorite segment of the week. Can't wait to bring him in. But before I do, I've got to share with you guys some more updates, Ed Martin. I don't know if you've had a chance to see this. Christy Nome. Uh, has been reelected as governor. I know some friends of mine today were concerned that there were some people there that were saying they, you know, conservative, so-called conservatives saying they couldn't vote for her, um, which is just silly. So I'm glad that she's um, been uh, reelected. I'm a little nervous, but I'm not going to panic yet about the fact that Fetterman is still up over Oz in that race. Uh, in Pennsylvania. Anything you want to say about that quickly before we bring GQ, uh, GQ law in? Fear not. Fear not. It'll, it'll okay. settle down. That's the early voting. That's the early voting. Some absentees. It'll come back. It'll, it'll be okay. Okay. Cause see, this is why I got to have Ed Martin with me. He's, he's, I my, mean, he's I, I'm not sure. By the way, I'm not sure I believe it. I'm just saying that to make you feel better. Okay. Well, I, I, I mean, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania is a cesspool of, of morons and cheaters. Uh, and that's just the Republicans. No, I mean, that's well, <laughs> so I, I worry. I worry. I worry that we are going to see some really crazy stuff there. But well, yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, because it in fact, and it should not have continued. I mean, even even though we knew going into 2020, as Rudy Giuliani had said, that Philly had been known being so dirty from, you know, election fraud. There was a nickname for it. And I thought, well, why has that been allowed to continue? And then, you know, up until that point, And yet it's continued after 2020. We did have a win with the Republic uh, with the. Um, Pennsylvania Supreme Court who said that mail-in ballots could not be counted without a date or within an accurate date. Uh, Fetterman, desperate Fetter- Fetterman, um, has uh, gone and hired Mark Elias to try to force Pennsylvania to count illegitimate mail-in ballots. So we cannot trust. It's going to be a while before we know uh, what happens in Pennsylvania. But, um, you know, hopefully hopefully the right thing will happen. I'll just put it that way. Um, before, the, before the break, uh, um, before last break i was saying that there's so much more going on under this and underneath the fact that this election is really about inflation and about the economy 
Um, but I do think everything else, as serious as they are, have to take second or third place when you can't afford to feed your kids and you are facing retirement with a very little money left and you're not really sure what to do. So I'm glad that tonight happens to um, be election night when Gary Quackenbush gets to be with us because he can lend some some insight money-wise into what you need to be thinking and, and doing when it comes to these elections. Gary Quackenbush, thank you for being here tonight, my dear. Andrea, I'm glad to be here. Happy election night. You're doing an awesome job on the coverage. All we have to do is listen to you and we know everything we need to know. Well, thank you. I agree, my dear. <laughs> yeah, I know. Plus you get all the, well, the previews of the food. She's well, yeah. Food. Uh, listen, Gary, if you've not been to Steel 94, well, you know, <laughs> you, don't, you, you know, let me tell you, you need to go down there and, and try out some of the food. So, um, I know in California here, we know the election across the board is all is typically is about inflation. And we know that that's bringing all kinds of people to vote Republican. There's even some races here in California that look like might go Republican, like the the congressional seat here in San Diego. Um, I don't know that just because we win control of the House and the Senate, that things are suddenly going to change overnight economically for the average American. Uh, you, you've got a show here every day called Word on Wealth. You help people figure money out. What, what wisdom can you give to people tonight? As excited as we might be over the red wave, what do you want to share with people tonight in terms of wisdom? I think, you know, the red wave is a good thing because that's kind of the market waits right now to see what's going on. And, and the market reacts really funny to like, if, if there's like this overwhelming, you know, change of power, which there probably will be a change of power, which would be wonderful. I don't know that it's going to be like, oh, my gosh, it was a tsunami. The market tends to watch elections and after elections, if the results are pretty good, like if there's a change in power, markets usually do better because they get their confidence back because, okay, good, now we're going to have some policy changes that, that might be good for the economy. So I'm excited about that happening. And I think people, um, you know, you start to look at, giveaways and freebies and you start voting with your, you know, I get a freebie, I get a free cell phone, I get this. And so I should vote for that person that's kind of pretending like they're giving me these free things. But I think in reality, people are not that, you know, they're smarter than that. And they start to realize, well, wait a minute, it's the general overall policies. If, if my, if the owner of the company that I work for is invested in the markets and that's partly how he or she makes their money and I work for them. It's good that they make money. It's good to have a rich person own a company because that gives me job security. And as you shake the foundations and try to, you know, have this, you know, kind of condemning money, that's a bad thing. And I think people realize that they go, wow, this is this is going to trickle down way too far. If you start condemning people that have money or condemning people that are watching the markets or people that are kind of, you know, running businesses and all that, you start to say they should pay more money and more money it passes down to the, you know, the, the workers that end up getting laid off because the company can't afford to have them around anymore. So I think people are getting smarter. I just think we've had so much garbage fed to us and, you know, beating up Christianity, beating up, you know, Judeo-Christian values, beating up all the things that our nation was founded on, pretending like they don't matter and that we should be ashamed of it. I just think that's a lot of garbage that people are not buying anymore. And I'm, I'm really encouraged that things are changing. 
I am too. Um, I, I'm I'm encouraged that things are changing with um, with the mindset of people. I, I, it will be interesting to see the true if we can find the true numbers of what happens as this flushes out. Um, I think there's a lot of built-in stuff that makes the actual turnout, the actual votes suspect. I think the turnout in um, it, it when I went to my polling place today, they told me that the turnout was was big. Bigger than what they would expect for midterm elections. We know midterm elections don't have the same turnout as a presidential election. Primaries even less. I was discouraged we had a 21% primary turnout here in California. I don't know what it was like during the primaries for you in Virginia, Ed, or what the turnout was like in the midterms. Um, but people are desperate for a change. And what I want to do is, is, is continue to put the pressure on those that do get elected into office if, to, to actually do something to implement a change on behalf of the people. I don't, I don't think we're going to know totally exactly how many Democrats voted Republican, how many from this group did or didn't, but the American people desperately need a change. And just changing the letter at the end of a name or changing the balance of power in the Senate isn't going to be a Enough. We got to make sure that those who are in, in in power start doing the right things from a policy standpoint, right, Ed? Yeah, and and I think uh, look, I think the the interesting thing to in this new, I, I call it a new age of of accountability in politics. Meaning, you can get such scrutiny of these elected officials. How is Kevin McCarthy going to be a speaker? Because you know he's not going to be given a break by the media like Pelosi was. So, but he is also not going to get a break from the grassroots and the and the sort of mock America. So it, it's going to be interesting to see. But again, um, you know, uh, was it Elon Musk that was on Twitter and said vote Republican because split government's better? I think there's some. Uh, sense in terms of stability and maybe you call it gridlock if you don't like uh, the not much being done. I think that's probably right. The wild card will be what happens to the executive that's going to be uh, under serious investigation. And I would suspect at least the impeachment of one or two cabinet members very quickly, if not the president uh, and the president who knows how to use the executive branch people around him, they don't care if they don't pass bills. They just forgive student loans. They don't care if there's a law that says you're supposed to build a wall. They just stop building the wall. So uh, they don't care if you're not supposed to use DOJ to weaponize it against the American people. They do it anyway. So uh, it's certainly an interesting time. But the, the scrutiny or the attention or the ability to see what's going on seems to me to be better than it's ever been, which may be good for the American people. Well, I what people need people need at this point, there's been so much uncertainty, so much fear that is pe- what people are wanting uh, first of all, I think that that if we look at inflation as being the number one issue, I think what people are saying is they want to return to it hasn't been that long. It's only been two years since we had the greatest economic recovery in the history of this country where we had low gas prices, low food prices, high, uh, high employment, low unemployment. People could afford to buy a home, right? People could afford to buy a car and they're wanting a return to that. And they're also wanting a return to feel to, you know, we, we never have a hundred percent security in our life, right? Because, you know, we're not in control. God is. Um, but at least if we can get to to feel as though we've got some semblance of security going, it's like you said at the open, Gary, you said Quackenbush, you said that um, markets like uh, they don't like insecurity, right? They like stability. It's the same way for the American people. And right now, I know people that don't know what to do about whether or not they should sell the home they've got, whether or not they should are ever going to be able to think about buying a home. 
what they should do with their yeah. estate, with their kids, uh, what they should do with their business, right? Um, if they're facing retirement and their accounts have been wiped out, what are they supposed to do? These are incredibly uncertain times, and people are really looking for some measure of certainty going forward, I believe. I think so. And I, the, the, one, the thing that I recommend, I mean, as a, you know, in my career, because I'm not, you know, the money guy and whatever, but I what I think is people can build some stability into their own lives that they, that they can actually control. And I, and I, I really, you know, we're seeing a lot of people that are saying, you know what, I'm just going to take my life. I'm uh, take my life back. I'm going to you be responsible and I'm going to take care of things. I know I need to get my documentation order. I need to, you know, take care of things that I know I'm supposed to, and they take care of business because waiting, what's happened is over the, you know, during the pandemic and everything, the last couple of years, we've had this, Oh, you know, the government will save me. The government will fix it. It's going to happen. Somebody's going to send me money. Oh, I think I got another SPIF coming. I don't have to work because I'm going to get bonused or SPIFed or, or extra unemployment. And I think that's kind of going away and people are starting to tighten up their belts again and say, I have to be responsible for me. I need to do my, my will and get my insurance and have my things in order because yeah. no one's going to do it for me. And I, you know, I don't really like to, but I tend to agree with what Elon Musk said. The markets tend to like where there's not a huge, big, like one party is in power because then they make too many policies that affect finances. And so if you have, you know, if we have a shift now to the policymakers that are smart with money and that know how to make the economy work and know how to make, you know, make it so business can generate income because then businesses give bonuses to the, everybody in the company and everybody makes more. And this whole big churning thing in our American economy starts to go and get warmer and warmer and then heat it up. And now everybody benefits. And I think, yeah. You will realize that. And I think that's what's happening with the election. That's going to help all that. Right. Well, and I think that you brought up an important point uh, in terms of one of the things you can do to have certainty in your life is take care of your business. And that's take care of your yeah. family. You don't need to wait until the inflation's gone down or interest rates have gone down or whatever in order to do right for your family. And that is your estate planning and, and making sure that you've you've got your assets protected in a way your children are protected. You've got a guardian for your children. And that's what GQ can help you with. Tell them how they can get a hold of you. 855-500-TRUST. 855-500-TRUST? Yep. All right. 855-500-TRUST. Give well, me a call help you out. Well, thank you for being here. We took a week off from our quack in the whack, our funny, crazy laws. We will return with that next week. Thank you for being here, my friend. All right, Andrea. Take care. Thank you. Go for it. You're doing uh, great. Thank hey, you, honey. Bye. We're going to take a little break. We come back. We've got more election night coverage. Andrea K. and Ed Martin right here on The Answer San Diego, FM 96.1 North County, and streaming all over the world. Don't go away. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. The Answer San Diego. Election night. Election night. 2022. 2022. Welcome back to Election Night 2022 here on The Answer San Diego, FM 96.1 North County, and streaming all over the world. It's Andrea Kay and Ed Martin here. And Ed, I've got uh, some news for you that's not good coming out of Arizona uh, before we bring in Matt Klink, political consultant and owner of Klink Campaigns, to talk with us a little bit about California. An Arizona judge, Ed Martin, denied the GOP lawsuit to keep the polls open in the county. 
uh, saying, "Here's what the judge had to say," and you're an attorney. Maybe you can maybe maybe you can help me uh, uh, feel better about this. He says the court does not have evidence. There was a voter who was precluded the right to vote from what was presented. From what I've seen, they all got a collection of their vote. No, that's not true, Ed Martin. There were people that waited hours and had to leave. Because yeah, of I, you know this is this is uh, remember uh, well I told you I ran the board of elections in St Louis and and I was not I, it was a few years after that I was in charge but they had a famous incident where the polls were suddenly kept open in two thousand for Al Gore and within minutes literally the, the a judge says oh keep the polls open and then there was robocalls from uh, Al Gore's campaign mm-hmm. and. Buses going up to pick people up to get them in line. So somehow it, it works to have uh, you know one when they can leave the polls open. Certainly seemed like evidence to me today. I mean, I wasn't there, but there seemed to be evidence, as you said, of, of voters who were not able to uh, uh, either stay in line or, or didn't stay in line. And uh, so I don't know where that came from. Again, uh, they'll probably go up on an emergency appeal, but it'll have to happen fast. I mean, that's this is a time is of the of the essence, as they say. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, look, again, Maricopa County, uh, fourth most populous county in the country, uh, almost four and a half million people. And they're still messing it up two years after they messed it up the first time. It's stunning. It's like third world yeah, stuff. This, Yeah, this is uh, they've got better elections run down south of the border here in Mexico and where they actually it, it put in measures like voter ID that actually increased turnout because people began to trust again in their elections. Um, joining me now, uh, speaking of uh, campaigns and elections, is Matt Klink. He's a political consultant and owner of Klink Campaigns. First time he's been on the Andrea K. Show, and I'm super excited to have him on tonight because he knows a thing or two about California and what's going on here. In particular, I'm hoping he can help me to understand all these propositions that are on the ballot tonight and how they and, and if he's got any predictions for that and what it might mean for us. Hi, Matt Klink. Welcome to uh, the Answer San Diego's election night coverage. Hey, good evening, Andrea. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. All right. So, so tell us about these. Um, I mean, the polls are still open here in California. I don't know that there's that many seats here that are. I mean, we know Newsom is going to win re-election, even though there's it just is still astounding to me that he managed to survive the recall. Um, I mean, what do you think is most important that everybody should be looking at in California tonight? Well, look, I mean, leaving aside individual races, and there are quite a few of them throughout the state that will be interesting. Uh, you know, I, I, I work on propositions and I, I'm just fascinated by them about what gets put on the ballot and, and how people vote. And I think that you know, if you if you've watched any TV over the last three months, you've been flooded with uh, Proposition 26 and 27, which are both uh, gaming measures. Uh, there's been almost a half billion—that's billion with a B—dollars spent on those two initiatives. Uh, one was put on by uh, a small group of uh, Native American casinos. The other was put on by uh, some of the more wealthy Las Vegas casinos. Uh, both of them are going to go down in flames. They're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when voters when voters get confused, they tend to vote no, and right. I think that's what happened here. Um, you know, the other one was Proposition Thirty, which is commonly referred to as the lift tax, uh, that would fund uh, fire protection and uh, electric vehicle charging infrastructure. Uh, the beneficiary of that would be primarily lift, and that's where the big money was spent. Uh, Governor Newsom 
to show you how, how little he feared being defeated, he actually used his campaign to cut a uh, TV ad opposing Proposition 30. That one, is, that one is really, really close because the environmental movement is really supporting this big time. Uh, so th- those are a couple that I find really, really interesting. Well, we'll have to see. You know, I, I, what I can tell you is that I don't think Californians uh, or anywhere around the country right now have a taste for, for any more of their uh, pockets to be picked to spend money on, on any measure. And certainly they're not in the mood to have measures that are going to cost them somehow, some way in the long run. We're kind of we're kind of, you know, able to see through some smoke and mirrors on this climate change nonsense and all this kind of stuff that has to do with like the trains to nowhere. So it'll be interesting. I'm always interested in the propositions as well, because they're always worded in a way, like you said, to confuse. And sometimes they they manage to do that in a way that hurts the voter, like the repeal of the gas tax. I'm certainly hoping that Proposition 1 is going to go down in flames because the idea and I think what might be interesting, too, is that Proposition 1 has to do with with, in my opinion, uh, legalizing infanticide here in, in, in California. There are some people that are saying that. That, um, that he, he went too far with that and, uh, Gavin Newsom did and that the Democrat, the Democrat vote has been suppressed, um, because of his language, uh, his propositions and kind of how far left he's gone. And that when Democrat, uh, turnout is low, it's good for the Republicans. So we'll have to see. Uh, you're going to be back with us next hour, aren't you, Matt Clink, to ke- uh, keep us posted? Yeah. Yes. So so I'm glad to have you with us tonight to continue to share with us what we need to know about California. So thank you. We'll chat with you next hour. You Um, got it. All right. So, Ed, from from a proposition standpoint around the country, I mean, is this something that that, I mean, it's it varies by state. Yeah, well, there's some. There are some other ones. Over in Michigan, Planned Parenthood helped put a uh, a change to the Michigan Constitution on that would uh, protect abortion all the way to the uh, ninth month. And uh, and not only did they do that, uh, but they said we'll spend forty million dollars on it. And so I I actually had some uh, interaction and you know with the opposition to that uh, and trying to put it together, but forty plus million dollars, Planned Parenthood. So I, I, I'm a little bit um, jaded on these propositions. I find that they are mostly uh, deceptive in the sense that they just convince voters uh, that there's something going on that they either like or don't like. And it, I'm not sure it, it's the best way for us to pass laws. Right. So right. I worry about it. And especially on the abortion one, you know, Kansas had success, quote unquote, um, the pro-abortion groups um, uh, on a, an initiative uh, that was on the ballot uh, in the primary. But it was so confusing uh, it was lauded as all oh, protecting uh, abortion rights. It was so confusing. Most voters didn't know what they were voting on. I mean, they were doing exit polls or I mm-hmm. should say post-election interviews, and it was confusing. So I, I worked a poll this morning in the Commonwealth of Virginia. A guy walked up and he said, what do I have on the ballot? And I said, well, actually, all you have is a congressional race, one congressman uh, running for reelection and, and his opponent. He said, don't I have four paragraphs of something I don't understand that I have to vote up or down on? I said, no, we have none of those this time. That's what people feel mm-hmm. about those initiatives, and they're monumental sometimes. Well, they are, and it and it, it and, and then it can be frustrating when we have something like Proposition Eight here in California, where the, including Democrats, I mean, a, across the state, they voted 
voted to keep marriage as between a man and a woman, then of course, when it didn't, when something doesn't go the way the Democrats like, they go to the courts and, you know, um, they've got some far left, you know, dictator in a robe that overturns the proposition. So it's just a tool for the left most of the time to try to bypass the legislative process. We don't talk enough about the propositions. I haven't spent a whole lot of time talking about it, but I am going to a little bit throughout tonight because it is something that's on the ballot. It is something that does affect the voters. And so, you know, I, I want to share that information. Um, we're going to take a break. AK, real quick before you got to break, Herschel Walker is tied it up. It's 49 to 49. How do, do you know how what percentage is 87% reporting? in. 80% in. So, I mean, come on, Georgia. I mean, are y'all really going to reelect Warnock, whose church was evicting people over $25? I mean, I got family and friends down in Georgia. I mean, I would be absolutely humiliated if my Georgian family and friends reelected Warnock. Okay, that's insane. Before we take a break, though, got to give a shout out to my peeps, my new best friends, Miguel and Sandra from Steel 94 Restaurant. (laughs) Best food in San Diego. I cannot wait to go and uh, try out their buttermilk country biscuits and pork sausage gravy. They're open 8 a.m. Saturday and Sunday. Pretty soon they're going to be open daily. It is a a 60-year nostalgic country roadhouse. It's just right in my wheelhouse. And I just thank them so much for providing just amazing food for us tonight uh, to keep the show rolling. I'm sorry my peeps like Ed Martin can't enjoy Enjoy it yeah, tonight. Right now, Ed's just shouting out breakfast cereal. I know, I know. And Carl Jackson is going to be with us when we come back from the break. The Carl Jackson from the Carl Jackson Show. So don't you go anywhere. This is the Andrea K Show, a special election night coverage with Andrea K and Ed Martin, right here on the Answer San Diego FM eleven uh, FM ninety six point one North County and streaming live around the world. San Diego. Election night. Election night 2022. 2022. Welcome back to Election Night 2022. It's Andrea Kay here and Ed Martin. Before we bring in our next guest, Carl Jackson of the Carl Jackson Show. Ed Martin, I'm sad to report tonight that it looks like it's the race has been officially called for Pennsylvania governor for Shapiro, the Democrat, uh, not Mastriano. Your thoughts? Well, I, I have mixed thoughts. On one level, um, I just don't know what to make of Pennsylvania. I look at Fetterman. The Fetterman race is closer than I would have expected. Um, Another level, I I can stand back a little bit and and critically assess. Mastriano never really got running. I mean, you can say Shapiro's been running for president since he was 10 years old, and I've heard Pennsylvania people say that. Uh, But he ran a a, a governor's race that was a full-on governor's race. Shapiro, I'm talking about the Democrat. Mastriano was the, he won 45% of the primary, Mastriano did. He was a grassroots sensation, but he never graduated past that into running a kind of full uh, campaign. He, he just didn't, and I, there are lots of reasons I wonder about, but um, so that's a disappointment. And Pennsylvania, it's not Florida, it's not California that are the swing states in 2024. Uh, the presidency goes through Pennsylvania, and now you have a very leftist governor If there's one thing the White House is celebrating today and the Democrats, it's Pennsylvania if the governor's race holds because that will be a place that they have to win uh, to win the presidency. And certainly Republicans have to win. So that's a big disappointment. Yeah, it is. Joining us now to discuss this and all the races tonight and the implications of tonight's midterms is Carl Jackson of the Carl Jackson Show. Follow him on Twitter at 
Carl Jackson show and also uh, check out his show at uh, Carl Jackson show dot com. Hello, Carl Jackson. <laughs> Thank How you. How are you, Andrea? Appreciate I'm good. It. I'm good. I'm glad to have you on with us tonight. Um, so we've already gotten a good chunk of results in. We've got some good news that uh, Stacey Abrams lost in Georgia, which um, was not completely unexpected. Um, we've got good news like Christy Nome was reelected. Um, we've got some good news that it looks as though J.D. Vance is doing well in Ohio. Um, but we, we lost an important race in Pennsylvania. How, are, how is tonight looking for you? Yeah, you know what? I, 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 I agree with Ed uh, as far as Pennsylvania is concerned. Uh, that's disconcerting because obviously uh, that's going to play a huge role. It's a swing state. It's a major swing state, and let's be honest, uh, there's some corruption there, uh, and uh, so that's uh, that's very disappointing. It's very disappointing uh, as far as Florida is concerned, where I'm at. The the races have gone well. There's been a couple of races that I felt like we could have picked up uh, had the RNC uh, paid a little more attention to uh, some races that were close. But all in all, we've done very well. Uh, in the state of Florida thus far, uh, I have four pickups, uh, the last that I checked uh, for the House. So uh, that's definitely a good thing. And uh, the margins in which uh, Governor DeSantis and Marco Rubio have won by are absolutely astounding. Yeah. We we're not uh, that's something that we're not accustomed to. You win by, you know, a point and a half or two points. You're like, yippee. Uh, it's pretty amazing, but mm-hmm. uh, but to win fifteen twenty percent, I mean, if the numbers hold, uh, that's pretty insane. Yeah, uh, and, and uh, it, it's 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 encouraging, but I could still say some some local races and even some congressional races uh, races that I felt like we could have pulled out uh, had uh, we put a little more effort into it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I, we could have done better. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, even though Mastriano might not not have run the greatest race, I mean, he didn't really have any support from anybody. He was on his own, and that can be hard to do, you know, without the without exactly. you know the, an, an institution behind you, you know. And we had whether we had. Um, uh, McConnell, you know, pulling money from Blake Masters race and giving it to Murkowski or pulling money. There was no money from the Republican Party at the Bullduck race. We haven't even talked about that race up in the right. Northeast. The Republican Party, it, it, it looked as though from the, from the standpoint of spending money, chime in here, Ed Martin, it looked as though it was almost as though that the establishment wing, the, the GOP leadership was was more concerned about keeping their position of power, even if it meant staying in the minority. Am I wrong? No, look, I, but but there's a there's a dynamic here, and I, you know we can probably get the conversation uh, going uh, broadly. When you run a race like uh, Doug Mastriano was running, you have to you win the primary, then you have to start to sell again, and you're selling to the party, uh, the chieftains, and you have to you have to sort of play that game. You can wish it, you know, Donald Trump didn't. But the truth is Donald Trump did. As soon as he needed to, he started – he hired a guy named Manafort uh, to basically manage mm-hmm. the inside game. So I don't think Doug got that chance. I think he had advisors that didn't let him do that, and Shapiro did do that. And in a state where it's really a split, you grind like that, and you're going to win. By the time we go wake up in the morning, you know, Shapiro will have won by – you know, three points. He won't win by fifteen, but uh, that's what happens. And so it gives a a a a um, 
the money guys, whether it's the RNC or others, the RGA, an excuse to sit by and say, let's hold and see what they can do. Right. Um, and meanwhile, in like Wisconsin, we'll see what those results are there. The, the Republican that ran as governor, he ran a really smart campaign. And suddenly with Ron Johnson giving him some coattails, he, I think he's very close. So we'll, you know, we'll see how that turns out. But, um, but certainly uh, McConnell, you know, Josh Hawley earlier today said he doesn't want to support McConnell for um, a majority leader or, you know, the, there is some tension amongst the uh, MAGA folks feeling like some of the MAGA guys got left on the battlefield. But I, I tend to think you have to uh, know how to play that game uh, inside and outside. And I'm not sure Doug did. Well, right. I, I, I guess I'm just thinking in general in terms of the Republican Party. Do you guys think, Carl Jackson, do you think in general that the Republican Party themselves ran as a, a, a really good race towards these midterms as a party? Some of the some people like Carrie Lake obviously did. People like Mastriano didn't didn't do that great. But just as a party, do you think the messaging was tight? Do you think uh, the the leadership did the right things? How do you see that aspect? Uh, so this one, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm kind of mixed on, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. I, I, my first instinct is to say, uh, or my first reaction is to say no, uh, but also I, I, I think I can, I think I can understand. Like I, I feel like the Republicans decided to let the Democrats crash and burn. Mm-hmm. Um, right. right. It, but in, but in my opinion. I also felt like at times that okay, that's that that that's not enough. It's it's okay to say what you're you're for. I think Carrie Lake did that successfully. Ron mm-hmm. DeSantis has been doing that successfully, obviously, uh, and and that's and that's worked out great. Uh, I think Republicans have to get better at looking at candidates that uh, can form a message, that can form a narrative. And, and, and fighting for him. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't want Mitch. I, I'll just be frank. I don't want Mitch McConnell to be the leader. Uh, some people have said, Carl, shut up about, you know, I'm sorry. I don't want Mitch McConnell to be a leader. I don't think he's the right leader for this time. I, I appreciate what he did as far as the judges are concerned. But I would have to say this, Andrea, that's what he should have done. Right. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I want Republicans to fight. I want Republicans to fight for our, our values. So it, uh, it, it, in one instinct, tactically speaking, I can understand allowing the other party to crash and burn. But let me tell you something that I'm concerned about when it comes with the leadership. I'm concerned about narrative 2023. I'm concerned that because the leadership, in my opinion, is weak, when things start to go awry, when gas prices start to skyrocket again, if we don't have leaders that can control a narrative, that can shape a narrative, um, I, I, I'm not as confident in 2024 as a lot of people are. That's a great I, you know, point. That, that's a great point. And, and getting back to McConnell, let's use McConnell as an example. He had the goal to get on the floor of the Senate and actually blame Donald Trump for what happened on January 6th. Before we even knew, if, well, I tell you what we knew at that point was that he was there exercising his constitutional right to peacefully assemble and told everybody to march towards the Capitol peacefully. For Mitch McConnell to throw him and 75 million uh, MAGA voters under the bus, I was pretty done 
with McConnell at that point. He enabled the weaponization of free speech in this country. He enabled Merrick Garland to, de- to develop a counterterrorism unit to declare parents and anybody who questions the outcome of an election as somebody that should be thrown into a gulag and deny bail. So I get, I get that he's a master of Senate rules, uh, but what he's not a master of is standing up for what's right in this country. And there is more, um, uh, there, there is a cultural Marxist war that's taking place and he's not in it and he's not in that cultural war to win it. And that's what we got to have, particularly if the Democrats get shellacked tonight, because they're going to be like a rat backed into a corner and teeth are going to be glaring, right? And they are going to be coming for us. And we've got to have people that are like Carrie Lake and Marjorie Taylor Greene and others that are prepared to fight that battle. Uh, are, are Carl Jackson and I wrong, Ed Martin? No, look, I, I think the, what, what it also shows, though, is, and I hate to sound like it was it McConnell that said it, the candidates matter, right? Who's running matters, yeah. how it runs. Yeah. And so, uh, I, you know, I, this is as... Um, this is as good a an environment as Republicans could expect. I, I didn't comment earlier when we talked about it, but I will chime in now that, you know, I, I would like a vision uh, out of Republicans, but I know how politics works. And right now they need to not get in the way of the guy who was falling apart, which is Biden and the Democrats. So, yes. uh, but, the, but I will say this, and, and, and I thought this was a very important point just a moment ago. If the Republicans have power now, both parties are going to be blamed for being incompetent, out of touch, corrupt, jerks. And suddenly 2024 is not as clean. Now, I, I will say you look closely and you realize that the Democrats have a tougher cycle in 24 in the U.S. Senate, which will make right. McConnell and the others happier to stake in control. But in terms of winning the presidency, go up to Pennsylvania and try to win there when you just got beat soundly. Uh, by um, Shapiro. And then you're going to have, uh, you know, and you're going to now have a, a two years of McCarthy and others in power who are are, are stumbling and the economy is going to be stalled. So it, it's, um, it's far from a, a clean uh, victory that leads you to another smashing victory. And by the way, in a week, Donald Trump declares for president and the whole world turns upside down again. Absolutely. And Carl Jackson, I hope I hope that you'll come back after that announcement and continue this conversation, because I got some thoughts uh, about uh, the 2024 and whether or not Donald Trump should automatically be given the nomination or whether or not he needs to be challenged and have to earn it. So um, I, hopefully you'll come back with us. Thank you for being here today. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Now, y'all stay tuned because we're going to take a skinny, tiny break. And Ed Martin and I will be back. We've got Tim Rosales who's going to be here, Republican strategist and president of Rosales Johnson Agency. Don't go away. San Diego. Election night, Election night 2022. Welcome back to Election Night 2022 here on The Answer San Diego with Andrea Kay and Ed Martin. Quickly going to the phones. Our buddy DJ Carrot Sticks has uh, waited until the last final moments to go and vote. He's got something he wants to share. What's up, my man? Oh, oh well, I'm just wanted to give you a shout out for the great election coverage you guys are doing, you and Ed. Thank you. But also, I'm doing a live report here down at the PB Rec Center. There's about 200 people in line um there's eight voting machines and so far they've done about 800 people wow these eight, eight only eight machines so we're we're in all, it's a long line but everybody's uh you know anxious and, and and wanting to vote and hey people died for our right to vote that's right do this wait in line for two hours but there's also a basketball game going on 
in the gym as uh, we're waiting in line, so it's a little dangerous. <laughs> I, I don't know. If, do I get a medal if I get injured in the act of voting? No, there's uh, no hazmat pay, man, especially not when you waited until like five minutes before the polls close oh, in to yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. We got to leave. Call it. We got to let you go, my man, because we've got to. Right, uh, thank you, buddy. Thanks for calling All in. Right. The red wave. Uh, the red wave. All right. Tim Rosales joins us uh, before the end of the show here. Last segment on uh, hour two of tonight's election coverage. He's a Republican strategist and president of the Rosales Johnson Agency. Hi, Tim. Welcome to tonight's coverage. Hi, good evening. Thanks for having me on. So uh, you just heard that here in San Diego, that's our friend. He's the, he says there's at least a two-hour wait and the polls are almost closed. What's happening here in California? Well, I think what we're seeing in San Diego is the same that we're seeing you know, all across the state, which is you know, voters are motivated. I think particularly there's a lot of uh, voters uh, on the Republican side of things who uh, are looking at the prospect of uh, retiring Nancy Pelosi. Uh, and that's exciting. I think they're looking at the possibility of, uh, of, of being able to uh, take a majority in the Senate. Uh, and, uh, and and certainly that's happening nationally, not so much of a case here in California. But these congressional seats in California uh, are, uh, you know, really are going to contribute to whether or not uh, we have a speaker, a new speaker, a Republican speaker of the House, uh, or, uh, or Nancy Pelosi hangs on to her job. And I think uh, voters are going to uh, vote to uh, retire Pelosi. Well, yeah, she's she and and she knows it. So she said yesterday, I don't know if you heard this, Ed Martin, but she said that, oh, you know, what happened to my husband is giving me reason to maybe think about retiring. No, I think it's because you the door's about to hit you in the hiney on the way out. Um, What one race do you think might surprise us in terms of flipping from Democrat to Republican here? Well, I think certainly you see in San Diego, Brian Marriott versus Mike Levitt. Yes. uh, Up in North County. Uh, That is that is an area that has been represented, you know, um, uh, historically by, you know, Republicans in Congress. Certainly Levin uh, was elected uh, uh, a few a few years ago. Uh, but, uh, you know, they've been uh, there's been a lot of money on both sides spent there. And uh, I think this is the year that, uh, you know, if any, uh, where a uh, Republican could uh, could uh, come out on top in, in now what is a, a Democrat uh, drawn district. But but again, this is the year where Democrats are looking at their 401ks, they're looking at their grocery bills, they're looking at their gas prices, and they're saying, you know what, it's time to give Republicans a chance. And and uh, I think uh, that's what some of them are doing. The question is, will enough of them, you know, cross over and do that? And will enough Republicans turn out to vote on a, on a rainy day? Well, you know, when I went and voted early or today, they told me that the polling station had been packed all day and it had been a steady stream. And to me, I'm not a strategist, but another friend of mine, she said, look, when voter turnout is high on the midterms like this, uh, you know, it it tends to favor Republicans over Democrats. I'm not sure if you agree. And particularly here in California. And then unfortunately, we're going to have to go because I, I brought you in too late. But uh, sure. there really is not a top of the ticket. There's really not a reason for Democrats to come out in droves. But unless they're re- unless they're wanting to make a change from Democrat to Republican. Absolutely. And I think that 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 really is the key there. And and certainly they, they thought that Prop one was going to be that issue. Um, but unfortunately, in California, that issue is 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 decided. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, Democrats are really looking at, at, OK, do we need to make a change in some of these things that are affecting my pocketbook? And hopefully they say yes. Well, I, 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 I will be on pins and needles. We may not know tonight because like the rest of the country, there's too many of these mail-in ballots and absentees for us to to know. But I thank you for being here tonight, and I look forward to having you back because I like how you think, Tim Rosales. Thank you very much. Thank Andrew. you. All right, Ed, I think we're almost out of time, man. You you, you only yeah, get... I, I, I. 
because it's. I got. I got to go. I got to go do a few other things here. Find some food, mostly. Okay. You know, I think it's going to slide into the. Uh, it's going to be a big night. Don't get down. Don't get down. Ohio, by the way, looking at Ohio, not just J.D. Vance, who's way up, but also three uh, Supreme Court judges that are elected in Ohio. The Republicans are way ahead. So Ohio has gone red for good. All right. Uh, I think it's going to be Arizona we got to watch. So All right. Well, we'll, thank- we'll be watching. Well, thank you for being here tonight. I appreciate it. I know it's late back there, and I do appreciate yep. you, brother. Appreciate it. Peace be with you. God thank bless. you. And I also appreciate Miguel and Sandra, my peeps, my new best friends from Steel 94, bringing me the best food, keeping us powered through tonight's show, and going to keep me powered through the next two hours. So don't you go anywhere. we got more of election night coverage here on The Answer San Diego, FM 96.1, and streaming all over the world. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.